Now, I want to welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to yet another episode of The Real World. And the reason that I thought that I would start it off with something like that instead of my normal intro, I'd had some conversation with some friends over the past few weeks. One of the things that stuck out to me was this feeling that we have to be something different than what we are. Um, We have to either be afraid or we're afraid to show people who our true selves are. For an example, so I'm not putting anybody out there. I am a person that hates to fail. Anytime I have failure, I don't necessarily like talking about it. I don't want to tell anybody about it. I like to keep it to myself because this image of me has always been bigger than me, if that makes any sense. You look at it as being some kind of grand vision and how everyone else sees you. And I'm so afraid of disappointing people, even though I'm in my late 30s, that that's what I have internalized as being my role. Like, I have to take care of everyone. I have to do these things or people will be disappointed in me. And because I can't stand to get that disappointment from them, I don't want them to know when I fuck up too. It's crazy that that's kind of where society has pushed people based on so many different factors. Um, And I'm not trying to like name names because obviously that would be some bullshit. But some of my really good friends really don't like who they have to be in their, let's say, everyday life. So when you meet people or they meet people, they can't actually express themselves about who they are, whether that's you don't like the kind of job that you do. So people look at you kind of one way um a lot of times in life we tend to look down upon people who are doing things that we feel are beneath us and so we assign them a certain value you be the dopest person ever but people won't even look at it that way because of course there's this perception that you're lower than me that's what sucks one of the ways that i think that this always kind of manifests is when you see the professional woman and i won't say black woman even though that's the audience that i'm talking to but i'll say a professional woman We as people always tell you, yo, go get that man. Whatever he does, it don't matter. As long as he treats you well, that's who you should go for. And on one instance, everybody's right. On the other, it's like, well, what if you're a lawyer and he's not? What if he just, for lack of a better term, what if he just drives Metro? He's a bus driver. You got this crazy advanced degree. You're making $140,000 a year. My man makes sixty-five. dollars and you don't like telling people that because you're ashamed of who he is. And as and by extension, he's also ashamed of talking to people about it because you make him feel less than. Now, I'm not blaming the woman in this because, of course, the man has responsibility for being who he is, too. But I think it's a societal issue where we assign value to people based upon what you do or, you know, the kind of work you do. The dudes that wash the windows and all of these tall buildings that we see, we probably don't think that they're the smartest people in the world. Here's some real shit. They also make a lot more money than most people because their job is super dangerous. But because we don't assign an intellectual value to what they do and it's more like, you know, you're putting your life on the line in a way that I wouldn't, 
we decided that that's not something that we would probably want our kids to do. Or if our kids did it, we're not proud of it. I'll keep it real. My biggest fan is my mom. My mom tells everybody that I'm dope. But I guess I'm fortunate enough in a sense where I, I've always had pretty good jobs and she can talk about them. Um, one of the things from all my friends is, yo, I don't even know what you do. Like I explained it a billion times. Nobody knows what I do. They just assume, they assume like, yo, you're a smart guy. You do okay. I appreciate that. There are times when I was not doing okay. Fortunately, that's not my life now. But there have been plenty of times when there's the assumption that I was something greater than I wasn't. And I won't front like I didn't run with that and allow that to be the narrative. That's something that I want people to start thinking about. It might have been um, close to a month ago, honestly. I got into a car accident and it's random debris from the road jumped up, hit my car, cracked the bumper in half. Here's one of those times when people assign a value to you. I go to Enterprise to rent a car that's paid for by my insurance. They assign you a value, a value of, I believe, $30 a day for rental coverage. Um, two things have always stood out about this. One, I get to the counter. They're like, okay, uh, we see that you're in an accident. We'll take care of you. What kind of car do you have? Yo, he has a BMW. Um, they're like, ooh, we don't have anything to match that. Somebody in the back yells, yo, but it's an 07. So they're like, yo, he, he's cool with this Corolla. First off, no, 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 no. I've had my car for a minute and I have no plans on doing anything to it until it dies. That's one. Literally had my car for damn near 10 years now. I'm very happy with my car. Car is dope. Fuck you if you want to judge me based on my car being in 07. But if you think about it and I, you know, rewind back a little bit, I'm assigning a value to myself based upon a material possession. I want people to see me driving the nice car. I want people to see me playing like, oh, he's successful. Nobody cares that it's an 07. Nobody cares that it's paid for. Nobody cares that it's made the cross country journey from me with me from California and I've had it forever, but it's that it's a BMW. So when I'm driving this Toyota Corolla, the few people that have seen me in it are like, yo, that's just not you. Like, where's your whip? What's going on? And to them, I say the same thing. Now, I have no problem keeping it real. Yo, it's a rental. Like, I could show that key real quick and be safe. What if that wasn't my case? What if it wasn't a rental car? What if I really was driving a Corolla? Would I be okay with that? And not on some ambition shit, but like, to me to really think about how people would perceive me driving a Corolla instead of me driving a BMW um, 335 coupe. I've always thought my car was dope. Uh, my first car was a 1999 Nissan Maxima that I got in 2003. Thought it was the best car ever. Had the Bose stereo system. Um, at the time, I had friends who wanted to be rappers. I'm still waiting for that demo tape. It's 2019 and y'all niggas still ain't come out. But one of the cool things was uh, one of my youngins was a producer. He still does this now. Shout out to Joe. He would mix stuff or make these beats or make things, and we come and ride over to the house just to kind of hang out with him. He was in high school at the time, mind you. And he'd be like, yo, I'ma throw this CD in the Rails car. Rails got the Bose system. My boy was driving, I don't know what kind of car it was. It wasn't nothing crazy, but you know, nice normal car that you would think like a 19, 20 year old kid has. And it's like, nah, it don't knock the same. I don't like the way the beats feel in this. Let's put it in Rails car. Now, I'm thinking that my Bose system is dope. 
all of these things, luxuries of life. But that goes to show you that we assign a certain value to it. So even now, when I'm driving this Corolla to work, I'm turning up the music. I go to listen to the Drake that came out yesterday. So all of these Lucy's that I've loved for like the last nine years or so, again, thinking that they're going to knock. Instead of hearing the beats knock, I hear a rattle. So I'm assigning a value to this car. Now, this one happens to be more tangible. Can I at least get the upgraded stereo system? It could still look the same. I just want to actually roll around in a car that I think like the beats knock in. Like that's 95% of what we want a nice car for. We really want it because we want to hear good music. This is the first time in my life and for an extended period I've ever driven a car that didn't have um, leather seats. Again, I'm not judging. You know what's cool about not having leather seats? Not getting burnt the fuck up in the summertime because having black leather is not okay. When I didn't have black leather in this car, I believe I had like a dark gray leather. No, in my max, my leather was black. So I've always had leather. I've always been burnt up in the summertime. Imagine wearing shorts, and especially the shorts of the day where you got it and it's mad leg that's out and you getting burnt the fuck up every time you sit down. That is a problem I'm no longer having because cloth seats are actually pretty damn cool. So, while again, I'm looking at it saying this is what I should have as a status, seems like it's okay being the other way. I know, rambling. Um, I just wanted to get that off my chest that I want people to start realizing that it's okay to be you. We shouldn't either assign a value or judge people of being less than before they actually get the chance to open their mouths. Literally, one of my guys, um, dope, dope dude, he doesn't like to tell people where he works at or if they see him at work, they treat him differently if they were, you know, to see him walking down the street. Really smart guy. So it's crazy when you think that that's what somebody who, you know, from the outside looking in, he checks off all of the boxes, has the dope car, has a nice home, you know, dresses well, in shape, you know what I'm saying? Great at sports. And I won't give you the line about speaks well, but he can have an intelligent conversation. But because you would see where he works at before you see all of this, you think that he's just a bum on the street and that shit's not cool. So as we move forward with this episode and we talk about some stuff that's a little different um, this week, I realized one of two things being in America Nobody cares about how great your ideas are. Uh, I watched the DNC debates on the second night. I missed the first night um, just because I was playing around and hooping, trying to get back. Uh, but the thing that I noticed, I'm a big fan of Andrew Yang. I noticed that everybody tries to do the corny one-liners. Everybody's trying to find that, you know, that sound bite of that clip that shows you who they are and why they're so special. And while I thought that he did that too, and I won't front like he didn't, here's what I really think. We dismiss the smart guy way too often. How often do we really feel like the smart guy is the person that we listen to? We usually assign, you know, a certain value to somebody that's cool and we elect them. We listen to them. We rarely listen to the smart guy. And not saying that the smart guy is right, but we need smart people in the room. I've always heard that the makings of a good leader is somebody that's smart enough to put smarter people around them. You never want to be the smartest person in a room. What you do want to have is the best judgment so you're then able to kind of pick from the smartest ideas and the best approaches to get the best outcomes. And how often do we really do that? 
more times than not, everything's based on relationships. So it's who you know, who you like. Those are the reasons why people get jobs that they probably shouldn't. To be totally honest, I really do believe this. Most people can do most jobs, unless you're crazy technical. Like, nah, I can't be a rocket scientist. Well, maybe I could, but because I really believe that you can train most people to do most things, I feel like a lot of times jobs specifically look for things based on fit, not based on experience, not based on kind of where you went to school. Um, it's just based on personality fit. I recently had a interview with Amazon, so shout out to them. I did not get the job, however. Um, here's why I was disappointed. And this is just from a personal level. Again, I told you, I've been through a lot this summer. Had a phone interview. Uh, I thought that went terribly, if I'm going to be honest with you. I was prepared for it, but had some personal stuff going on. It's kind of frazzled based on like the stuff that was going on in my personal life. Took it didn't think that the gentleman understood exactly what I brought to the table or who I was as a person. Um, he asked a lot of clarifying questions. Thought that I cleared them up, but I just didn't feel comfortable about it. A day later, I get an uh, email like, hey, we thought you did great. Why don't you come to Seattle and meet with us? Okay, I can fly to Seattle next week. What's good? So of course, Amazon pays for that. They push you in the hotel. They want you to get there a day prior to uh, your interview. And the interview process is five hours long. You meet with four different, well, no, excuse me, five different people over a 45-minute period each, and they just kind of switch you off and pass you off. I can honestly say I felt really good about, I want to say, two of the five people. Like, you can tell when that switch happens or that light cuts on and you connect with somebody. The other three, I didn't think I did bad, but I didn't, I just didn't feel it. Two of the people were, you know, via Skype, uh... Three of them were actually in front of me, but you know, uh, two funny enough were younger, the other three were older. So it was a kind of super wide range of people. Now me not getting it uh, bothered me a lot. Probably shouldn't because here's the blessing in disguise. I was telling all of my friends, anybody that knew, you know, if I take the job, I'm going to ask them to work remote 100% of the time from home, home being DC. Everyone knows, and when I say everyone, uh, I'm going to say even God knows, here's what probably would have happened. I would have got the job and they would not have allowed me to go to uh, D.C. with it. So now here's the problem. I got to move to Seattle. Now, they were really paying the bag, but given all of the family challenges and things that I was going through, is that really the choice that I wanted to make right now? So I believe that a higher power looked out for me and allowed that situation to happen that way. And while I might not have understood it at the time, trust me, I was crazy disappointed. It's probably for the best. This is one of those few times when a lot of times people say, oh, well, you know, what's meant for you is meant for you. Something better will come down the, you know, come down the pipeline. While I don't necessarily believe that that's true, I do believe in the long run, my future is better here in DC than it would be in Seattle, away from everybody I love. So, uh, while we've talked enough about me and my friends and their feelings, here's something I wanted to kind of touch on that's been kind of trending for a while. Um, as many of you know, uh, I'm a proud member of Black Twitter. No, I am not popular on it. Uh, however, I do read some of the comments and some of the things that I find that are funny. 
And one of these things that kind of stuck out to me that I wanted to touch on today was our general hate for future. And I don't mean the future. I mean the artist's future. Funniest thing I think I saw in there was uh, it's a clip about Russell Wilson and Future's kid is running to him. And they're like, yo, Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson is not the stepdad. Future's definitely the stepdad of his own kid. You know, thousands of people liked it or loved it. And while that's not funny, I thought to myself, damn, Future can't get a break, yo. Like, we haven't been rocking with him since Mask Off. Since the Mask Off remix that Kendrick killed, can you name one Future song that's been hitting? I know, I'm old, so maybe I'm Future's not my thing anymore. But since he decided to stop pumping drugs and telling people like things that are actually good for him, apparently that's a new thing, uh, I don't think anybody cares. Um, since he stopped being a singing rapper, I don't think anybody cares. Like, I'm pretty sure a Future album came out this year. I challenge anybody, if you can tell me one Future song without Googling that shit that you bump and you actually listen to on a semi-regular basis, enough where Google, rec- not Google, but Apple Music recognizes you, I will give you $20 in cash app. First person. First person. Actually, nah, fuck that. I'll do it to the first three people. Because I really don't believe that he's that popping where anybody cares anymore. And so, while I feel bad for this man, it's gotta suck when you were on top of the world for so long, all you talked about was lean, and the amount of drugs that you did, and the women that you used to smash, and how life was cool, and now life not not only doesn't seem cool anymore, you also seem like you're the butt of everybody's jokes. That's gotta suck. I mean, I never thought that he was the most talented musician, so I'm kind of a little shocked that his fame lasted as long as it did, but he had a good run. That shit was at least like six or seven years. It's pretty good for somebody who... I don't remember a single lyric that he ever did. Just being real. Uh, Another thing, if you happen to be a person of black Twitter, you probably have run across the phrase scupa demana, or however you pronounce it. And what it is, is someone will say a word or a thing. You are supposed to describe that thing when you see it attached to the phrase scupa demana. I cannot lie and make this up, but this is one of the things. Funniest thing I think I saw this week. Uh, please cover your ears if you're probably listening to this with your kids and or if you're listening to this and you're my mom. Don't listen. But I thought it was funny that one of the lines was masturbation. Funniest thing was said by a woman or at least the one that got the most likes. I do it because I want to. And if I'm not fucking me, why would you want to fuck me? I thought that was fucking hilarious. I absolutely thought that was hilarious. And I'm going to say it's hilarious for a number of reasons. One, we're old enough at this point for whatever you do, enjoy yourself. We're grown. I don't really care. I'm not trying to get in your bedroom, but you probably should not be a prude towards you. If you happen to be a prude towards yourself, that means your partner probably won't understand how to deal with you and your needs or your body because you don't understand your needs or your body. Not saying that you got to go to town and buy mad toys and do all of this stuff, but you probably should, um, as Martin Lawrence uh, said years ago in, what was it, Uh, Bring the Pain. You need to spend some quality time with yourself. Get to understand your body. It's perfectly cool. It's normal. Hell, the way the internet's going now, like, I think the other thing I saw that I thought was crazy, somebody was like, yo, don't send me a nude pic. I need to see you coming. This has become a thing now where everybody's sending videos like that. Not to say that I've never received any of those videos in the past. 
shout outs to those people that you know I, I don't know what happened to those videos because uh can't hold in that kind of stuff uh it's great at the time but hey you do you you enjoy you and as long as you're enjoying you and your partner's enjoying you i see nothing wrong with it we've become super judgmental about all of the things that people do and how we can involve ourselves in their lives and the honest truth is none of that shit is any of our business I think if we've learned anything about the, the new norms and the way that social media allows us to interact, we share kind of the parts of our lives that we want to. We usually share things that we either think are insightful, they make us funny, uh, you think we'll get a lot of likes, or you think that it's going to call somebody out. That dopamine hit from people acknowledging you has been a driving force for so many things. You ask why I wanted to bring this up and kind of, you know, wrap this whole episode up with that. Think about the things that I've said. On the internet, you could be anybody you want to be. You could be the most normal person in your regular life, but on the internet, you were that nigga. So, as a person who is a fan personally of, uh, what is my show with uh, the Disney girls and Dea? Um, Euphoria. As a person who is a fan of Euphoria, you have the girl cat who... People really made fun of her. They didn't really love her the same. And next thing you know, she starts to become the one that's the big freak. She was able to have this persona that was completely different online than the one that she was actually living. To the point where now her online persona is now matching the one of her real life. I'd rather not see it work out like that. But let's just start being honest about who we are. It's cool being you. I'm cool being me. Person next to me is cool being them. You could be corny and that shit's cool too. I'm not cool all the time. I get called corny way more than I'd love to admit. But I think I do some cool shit too. So I'm in this episode the same way that I do every episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this week. It's been great to get back, get into my bag a little bit. I hope I wasn't too preachy. But ball players want to rap. Rappers want to play ball. This is Darrell of the Rail World. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.